Today is another great day to join together to understand further into the love that our Lord has for us. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. I'm proud to praise God, fearless now. I trust in God. Psalm 56, 3 4. Let's worship together and praise the Lord. Welcome to worship. If you would, please, let's bow our heads together in prayer as we give thanks to our great God. So if you would, please. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for another morning yet together with us. Lord, this morning, we recognize that so many people out here, whether it be here in Nebraska or all over the world, we're hurting because we're just so unsure of what life holds for us. Lord, this morning, we ask that you clear that away from us, clear our minds purify us, sanctify us in you, Lord, because we know that through you all things are possible and all things are able to be accomplished. Lord, this morning I ask that you take away those fears and give us peace. Lord, this morning we ask also that 
you bless the message we're about to receive, the music that we play. Make it be something that glorifies you, Lord, and not us. Lord, we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.
never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Cause even when I don't see it, you're working. women at the tomb, Peter and John, the disciples in the upper room, the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus, what do they all have in common? Well, one thing is Jesus showed himself to them, and the reason he did was to help address uh, perhaps the, the issue that we all struggle with, and that's called sin. And it manifests itself so differently and yet so familiar. Our lack of trust, our lack of faith, our desire to go our own way and do our own thing. Um, and yet Jesus desires to do the same thing he did 2,000 years ago, and that's today. And so we're going to take a journey in prayer. We're going to pray and we're going to lift our sin before God and say, God, take care of this and then have mercy on me. And then you're going to hear the words of forgiveness. Let's pray. Oh, good and gracious God, thank you again. Your mercy, your love endures forever. And so we come before you humbly, admitting and confessing that we sin against you with our thoughts, our words, our deeds. In fact, Lord, that sin, our sin, would separate us from you forever. And we are so thankful that your desire was not to have us separated from you. 
So we continue to remember the resurrection of your son. We continue to remember what he did at the cross and that tomb. And we thank you that his resurrection means victory and forgiveness for us today. So Lord, those moments where we don't trust you, those moments where fear and doubt abounds, we pray your spirit would usher in and remind us again and again and again and again of just who you are. You are that way maker. You are that miracle worker. You are the God who has done great things, continues to do great things. So give us such a faith to believe and to live that out each and every day of our lives. Oh, Jesus, thank you. And we pray this all in your name. Amen. As we continue in worship, just a, a couple of reminders. If you have any prayer requests, a couple of different ways in which you can do it. If you're on Facebook right now, you could type it into the comment section. And we have uh, people that are, are watching this and we'll write those down and we will include those in our worship today. And then also we have um, a prayer text line. So you can um, text to 402-242-5051 and that will connect you to us and we'll get those prayer requests and then we'll be praying in worship and beyond worship for you as well. And also just a reminder as we continue to be in this quote digital world in worship, we are also encouraging you to be faithful in the giving of your gifts and, and leveraging that gift of technology you can give digitally. And there's many different ways to do it. You could text to give, online give, and then you can go to our church app and it'll walk you through how you can say thank you to your Lord for all that he has done for all of us. And again, in our prayers, in our giving, in our worship, may it be all to the glory of our God. Amen.
Well, good morning, boys and girls. Today we're talking about trust. And it got me wondering if people trust me or not. Um, I asked Eric to help me. And I don't know if he trusts me or not, but he did agree uh, to help me. And, you know, sometimes when I ask for volunteers, good things really happen, you know. Like I've given away king-size candy bars. Sometimes it's not always good. There was that one time when Jake Waka helped me and we played Bean Boozled. And that, yeah. Um, good news is I don't have any rotten egg flavored jelly beans, um, but I also don't have any king size candy bars. What I do have is this baggie of water. And so I was wondering if you would trust me if I held this water. You're leaving? <laughs> would you trust me if I told you I can hold this water over your head and poke holes in it with a pencil and not get you wet? Okay. All right, I think he's going to trust me. All right, let's see if this works. All right, you ready? I think the trick is to not look at the bag, maybe. All right, here we go. You ready? Ooh, that's one. I've got four pencils. Here's another one. There's two. So far, there's still water in there. Here comes a third one. Three. And the last one, you ready? Four. Hey, look at that. It worked. <laughs> I'm glad. I wasn't sure it would, but I'm, I'm glad it did. I'm glad too. Yeah. Thank you very much for helping me, Eric. I appreciate it. You know, boys and girls, whether or not you trusted me, whether or not Eric trusted me, uh, we know that we can always trust Jesus no matter what. Even when things look impossible, we can trust Jesus. Jesus performed tons of miracles in front of his disciples. One of those miracles was after he rose from the grave, which was a miracle in itself, obviously, but he appeared to his disciples. They had been fishing all night long. They were bringing their boats back in, and Jesus hollered from the shore, hey, throw your nets on the right side of the boat, and you'll catch fish. Well, they were professional fishermen, and they'd been fishing all night long and hadn't caught anything, and they were probably thinking, okay. I don't know if they trusted him or not, but you know what they did? They, they did what Jesus told them to do, and they threw the nets on the right side of the boat. And when they did, they caught so much fish that they couldn't even pull the nets in. That's amazing, isn't it? That's a lot more impressive than shoving pencils through a baggie full of water. But you know what? You can trust Jesus even when things look impossible. And you can even try this trick at home with your parents. We'll see if they trust you or not. The key is use round pencils and make sure they're sharp, all right? But when you try this at home, it doesn't matter whether your parents get wet or not. What's important is that you, rem rem that you remember you can always trust Jesus, all right? Let's close in prayer. And from where you're sitting, fold your hands, bow your heads, and you can repeat after me, all right? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, thank you for being, thank you for being, Someone we can always trust. Someone we can always trust. Help us to remember, help us to remember that you are always there. That you are always there. Amen. Amen. All right, boys and girls, have fun with this at home, all right? Is, is it bad of me to wish that maybe those pencils wouldn't have done it right and that Eric would have got wet? I'm not sure. I mean, I was sitting here hoping for a little bit of excitement, but yeah, um, 
pretty, pretty neat trick. This guy's got a lot of things up his sleeves. All right, let's begin with prayer. All right, Lord, we come to you, and we're going to look into your word, and, and we ask now for your spirit to be poured out in a mighty way. Open up our eyes, our ears, our hearts to the truth of your word for us. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we continue our series entitled Never Alone. And, and as I've been telling you, I, I think this, there's a little irony here, right? In that, we'll just say three, four months ago, I decided uh, that this was the theme I wanted to do. This was before COVID-19 was kind of a reality for us. And I'm finding that, wow, there's a lot of us that are feeling alone. I mean, there's many times I'm sitting in my office, and this building is quiet, and I'm tempted to feel that I'm alone, but I'm not. Jesus is with me, and he's with you, and in fact, that's really the journey we're taking here as we look at the resurrection of Jesus, especially the post-resurrection appearances, when Jesus shows up and he does his thing. And today we're going to look, take a look at trust, and we're looking at John chapter 21, uh, verses 1 to 14, uh, but I'd like to even go outside of that for a moment and uh, show you this passage from um, John chapter 20, verse 30 to 31. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his, of his disciples, which are not written in this book. So let me just stop here before I go further. We, we have, we'll just say there's 40 miracles, give or take a couple of them, depending on what you define a miracle. And what John is telling us here is that there are more miracles than what is recorded in this book. But then he tells us the reason. Why are these things written in the book? These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So, many more miracles, and we see, you know, the, the, the word up there, the word sign. Uh, actually, in Greek, sign and miracle can be the same word. And I was thinking, what, again, is the purpose? Well, he tells us that we might believe in his name. But I think specifically, as I think of the miracles of Jesus, as I see what he has been doing, he wants to say something. He wants to teach something. He wants the disciples 2,000 years ago, as well as the disciples today, to come to a belief in something that's very important. And I came up with four different points for us to consider today. Number one. These miracles, these signs that John records, and also Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, these signs that we've seen are to authenticate his identity, um, to, to let us know that he is God, to highlight his teaching, that it's the truth that's going to change everything. And we've come to know what that truth is, Jesus Christ crucified and risen for our sins. And that is just remarkable. Also, these signs and miracles reveal his heart of compassion and his empathy and also to reveal his power, that he is God. And I was thinking about those uh, 40, uh, you know, ish miracles. The very first one was the miracle at the wedding at Cana. And, you know, let's just kind of go through here and see how this plays out, this, uh, the, these perspectives. 
Now here he is, uh, he's at a wedding, he shows up and he really shows a, um, a value to wedding and marriage and he, and he makes his appearance, he's there, but they run out of wine. And so what Jesus does is uh, he's there and they come to him and the mother says to him, his mother, hey, Jesus, they're out of wine. And he's like, well, not yet. And then in just a short period of time, he gives instruction. He says, hey, go get, go get those water jugs. Bring them over here. And through the power of, of Jesus, he turned that water into wine. And again, going through this, to authenticate his identity that he is God, to highlight his teaching that it's the truth that changes everything. Yeah, water into wine, but even much more than that. To reveal his heart of compassion and empathy, example. I mean, it's an embarrassment for the master of this wedding banquet to run out of wine. So Jesus steps in and with compassion and empathy changes what's happening there. And then to re reveal his power that he is God. So you see that with the very first miracle, you'll see it with each of them. In fact, if you go to the last one, and the last one, and again, I mentioned it depends on how you define it, but the last one I want to bring you to is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Here is Jesus. He is praying, and, and again, we're told uh, the stress, the anxiety was great. Uh, Judas shows up. He brings this entourage with him. They're now ready to arrest him. Well, through the uh, little melee that was taking place, Peter grabs a sword, he takes a sword, he cuts off the ear of Malchus. What does Jesus do? He takes his hand and, and puts it where the ear is, and he heals Malchus to authenticate his identity, that he is God, to highlight his teaching. You know, it's that truth that changes everything, right? from somebody that lost an ear, to have that ear back on, to reveal his heart of compassion and empathy. I mean, in the midst of everything going on, he takes time to heal this ear of this servant and then to reveal his power. Pretty amazing, just by taking his hand and doing that. Well, it, it doesn't stop there. Um, it continues. Wherever Jesus shows up, he is teaching, he is loving, he is the ultimate sign and miracle of God. And we see that in where we've been so far since Easter. So let's take a look at this. Um, Easter morning, we find uh, Jesus interacting, manifesting himself, revealing himself to Mary Magdalene. And then we see a little bit later in the day to the disciples without Thomas, remember? The upper room, the doors were locked for fear of the Jews and Jesus appears and says, peace be with you. And then we get to Easter afternoon and evening, we get this, uh, these two disciples that are leaving Jerusalem and they're making their way uh, to Emmaus, which was a non-significant town. Jesus shows up and then we find when, when they realize who it is, it says their hearts were burning. In other words, their lives were changed again. And then eight days later, remember Thomas? We call him Doubting Thomas. You know, he said, unless I see the nail prints, well, Jesus shows up. And he shows them those nail prints. And then what does he do? He, he exclaims, my Lord and my God. That is Jesus. Every time, every place, 
in every situation, when he shows up, he wants to change lives. So we're going to continue now, and we're going to make our, our journey. And I'm, I'm calling this uh, something fishy. And we, we're going to look at a, a couple stories that have to do with Jesus, fishermen, and a fish. Now, there's several of them in there, but I'm going to focus in on just three of them. And one of the texts happened to be serving for our sermon today, which you're saying, when are you going to get to that text? I think this is all setting up what we're going to look at in, uh, in the John chapter 21. All right, something fishy. Well, the first one, we go back to John, um, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 5, and it says, when he had finished speaking, this is at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. He was tempted by Satan himself. Um, he starts his ministry, and he's doing some teaching, and the crowds start crowding in. He climbs into a boat that's by the shore, and he does some teaching. And then when he's done, he says to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And we find that the catch was so remarkable that the boat was getting ready to sink. So much fish at the wrong, wrong time, perhaps wrong place, and yet Jesus does a miracle. Again, think about that list of what I said to authenticate who he is and his power and his compassion and teaching the truth. I mean, he's at work. Another story, and this is kind of the in-between one, um, and here's what's going on. Jesus is at the temple in Capernaum, and there is to be a temple tax, something that people are to pay um, as a part of the responsibility and the law. Well, Jesus didn't have any coins. The conventional thing would be go around to people and say, hey, can you spot me some money? He doesn't do that. Instead, he says, go to the lake and throw out your line, take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. Remarkable. I mean, what are the chances that you go fishing and all of a sudden, the first fish you pull out, you were told that there's going to be some coin in there, and there was. Again, authenticating this Jesus of who he is. He is the son of God, the power that he has, the compassion, and, and again, his, the truth that he carries in that he's going to keep the, the laws intact. He's going to, to pay that tax. Well, one more story, and this gets us to our text for today. And here we have it. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Again, Jesus showing just who he is and what he's all about. But there's some, uh, what I call backstory to this that I'd like for us to spend a little bit of time on. And um, it has to do with this. Jesus 
again, suffered, died, rose again, and in 40 days, he is going to ascend up into heaven. He is no longer going to be on this earth, and he is going to use this time to instruct and to inspire his followers. And he is getting ready to do that. And uh, we've seen some of those moments in which he's, he's met people. But there is, um, in Matthew chapter 28, the moment when Jesus is talking to the women, he says, don't be afraid. Go and take the word to my brethren to leave for Galilee, and there they will see me. A little hint there. Then we go to verse 16. The 11 disciples, remember Judas, no longer with them. This is before they brought on the new disciple. Uh, they proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. And um, they're supposed to be heading off. They're supposed to go. So here's a picture. And if I would just give you a little explanation of what, what's going on. Because there's 40 days. There's a lot of time we, we don't have recorded in the Gospels of what Jesus is doing. Well, we do know this. From Matthew chapter 28, they were told to go. And if they're down in this area of Jerusalem, they're supposed to make their way up over here to the Sea of Galilee. And you have in between Samaria. And remember, Jewish people and Samaritans don't get along. Most likely, they took the long route around, we'll just say 70-some miles, you know, up to the Sea of Galilee. How long? I don't know. Uh, commentators are guessing because no one was there, so we don't know. But we do know that it was a pretty lengthy journey. Uh, now, if they went really fast, maybe it was a four-day journey. Um, if they didn't, maybe a six-day journey. But they made their way from here up to here. I, I finally, you know, I, I know I've read this before, but you know what caught my attention? They are going back to the place that they started where Jesus called them to be fishers of men. And he's going to have one more moment to be able to talk with them and to instruct them and to inspire them. Um, he's going to have this moment before he ascends up into heaven. It begins there, and then it begins there. It's not the end, because they were called to go. So here's what, what happened. Now, remember what Jesus said to the eleven. I want you to go... I want you to go here, and I want you to what? Wait. Which of the disciples is not known for waiting? It's Peter. I mean, he, he always had an opinion. He was bold and brazen. He was ready to do whatever he wanted to do uh, whenever he wanted to do it. And so Peter has an idea. He's, not, he's, he's done with his waiting thing. He says... I'm going fishing. And at first glance, it's like, well, why not? I mean, they're waiting and waiting. You might, have be, might as well be productive. But I'm, I'm picturing this. I'm wondering if Peter is one of those moments again where he's discouraged. He says, you know, we're here. We're waiting for Jesus. Where is he? And he takes matters into his own hands, which I can understand and I can relate. There are too many times I just want to take control and do my thing, even if God says not to. So he takes with him a group of people. And, you know, if you look at the, the, the scriptures, you'll see the heading, you know, Jesus, you know, um, uh, the seven disciples. So we have Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, 
Nathaniel, and then the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and then the two others, most likely Philip and Andrew. So again, John is writing this. If you do the math, 11 went and 7 went fishing. So I'm, there's, there's four unaccounted for. So if you look at this list, this group, with the exception of Thomas, this group are the fishermen. This is in their blood. They're near water. What are you going to do when you're near water? You're going to go fishing. But why Thomas? Again, commentators are guessing, and I think it's a pretty good guess. He missed out on that one upper room moment. He's not going to miss anything. He's going to stick with Peter. He's going to stick with him through and through because something great's going to happen when Peter's around, right? That's a guess. So we have these seven that are out there and the four probably waiting patiently. The other ones are fishing. All right, so we have Jesus coming to them and he is on the shore. They are in the boat. And if you paid attention to the earlier reading I gave, the New International Version, their translation says, friends. The ESV, English Standard Version, uses the word children. And if you, if you look into the original language, this is a little bit more of the flavor. And I don't know if you catch the difference. It, did, it hit me like a ton of bricks. There's a difference to this. Friends, do you have any fish? To children, do you have any fish? And I'm wondering, again, Jesus is relating to these seven who are rebellious and doing their own thing. They're not waiting, just like a child. And Jesus is, is coming and addressing them. And what was their response? And here are these master fishermen. They say no. They should be knowing what they're doing, but they're not catching anything. So then we, we find this truth. And I want you just to, to, to try this on for a little bit. Disobedience leads to failure. And before you maybe see it in yourself, let's take a look, and it's kind of part of human history, right? Adam and Eve, disobedience? Yeah. They ate from the tree? They failed. And the result was significant, right? Childbirth was going to be not so easy. Uh, working out in the fields, were, there's going to be sweat and toil and trouble. Yeah. And the serpent, you're going to be... You know, rubbing around on the ground with your belly. That's what happens when disobedience. And, and we can go into the story, right? Cain, disobedient. Uh, how about Jonah? Remember, it wasn't that long ago we, we looked at the story of Jonah. God said, go to Nineveh. And Jonah said, no, thank you. And then as a result of that disobedience, um, while being thrown into a sea and swallowed by a fish, uh, is pretty significant. But thankfully, God comes to the rescue. And that's what we find in the text for today. We're told here, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. Wow. 
So I'm going to overstate something, and I don't want you to, to go down this path too much. But here's what I, I believe. A trusting and obedient heart welcomes the Lord who desires to want to bless, to supply, and to enrich. And that's the God that we have. He is the one who is at every corner wanting to bless his children. And he wants us to turn to him. He wants us to seek him and him alone. And when that happens, great things take place. So what is Peter's response? You know, we have that moment um, in the boat. We have that time where we have uh, the fish now in there, and it's just, it's just so much. 153 of them. What does Peter do? Very consistent. Um, like to uh, walk over here and show you a picture I found. It says, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. I found a painting, and I just thought, this, this is Peter. Without much thought, he puts his clothes back on, because when you're fishing out in the sea, you kind of take off the top part, and he puts it all back on, and then he thrusts himself into the water because he wants to go where Jesus is. Pretty powerful story. And we're going to pick up on this, what I call part two next week, and we're going to take a look at what, what is happening in the life. Now let's go back here to, to the scripture that I shared with you. That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So these things are written, and I'll say this, just like Jesus manifested himself, just like he revealed himself to Mary and to Peter and John, to the disciples, to the, the disciples on the Emmaus Road, he is now revealing himself again. And he's doing that today for us in the scriptures, that we would believe. Now, I have the word believe in yellow, um, that very first one, because it, it looks like we read it and it's like, well, it's a, um, an event. He does this so we would believe. But actually, the tense in the original language means believe and keep on believing. It's not just a, quote, destination. It's the journey that we would be believing who God is. To me, that's, again, the good story. So let's look back at this. This concept of being never alone. I know in my life, when I remember that Jesus is God, when I remember that he is the truth, when I remember that he has compassion and love, when I remember that he is all-powerful and all-loving, it rearranges my thinking, it rearranges my heart, it rearranges my life. And I wonder if, you know, maybe this would not be you, but, you know, if we had the same kind of passion as Peter did and those early, uh, early followers, those first followers 2,000 years ago, and have sense of, of zeal and passion and fervor for Jesus and for telling people about this Jesus. 
So my prayer for you and me is that, again, that Holy Spirit would give us such a faith so we would believe in such a remarkable way that we would honor God and further his kingdom. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus, my old friend, I've come to talk with you again, because this fog of doubt is not lifting, convinces me that you are not listening, and the darkness that takes residence in my brain still remains. The sound of silence in my struggle I walked alone loneliness became my home no words of comfort could restore my hope despair had brought me to the end of my road then my eyes were stabbed by the flash of his loving light the split the night and touch the sound of silence and in his perfect light I saw a million people maybe more people who had run this race before who had died upon the war people that we love who grasped tightly to his grace who sought his face despite the sound of silence I child said God I mean I know depression like a cancer My words that I might teach you Take my arms that I might reach you Don't let my words Like silent raindrops fall Let go in the halls of silence so To my knees I dropped and prayed to the only God who saves. In my struggle, his love still remains. In my weakness, his strength still sustains. And the darkness cannot exist within his light. So hold on tight. Jesus whispers in the sound of silence let us pray almighty god 
we humbly come before you as we lift up our prayers from our 1C family. For a friend of ours beginning his second battle with cancer, please protect him. For Uncle Zabe, may you place your healing hand on him and keep him safe during this time. For you to remove virus from our world, please take care of our friends and continue healing in post-surgery. Prayers for a recently diagnosed with cancer perform a miracle in their lives. For people that are sick, for a dentist appointment tomorrow, prayers for the sheriff's department and for a friend's shoulder that hurts. For Larry on his way to rehab, for staff and residents at Brookstone Acres, give them strength and peace. For someone having a very hard day, for a negative coronavirus test. For my son, who is beginning to have symptoms of the virus. For healthcare workers and everyone on the front line. For all the families that cannot be together. For our family that we haven't seen for quite a while. For everyone getting back to work soon. Keep us well and safe for successful surgery tomorrow on my sister's hand. For Susie, who's battling cancer. For an upcoming birth of a grandchild. Prayers that Penny finds a job and to bless my whole family. For our SOS family, past and present, to find peace and strength during our journey to recovery. For those struggling to keep a strong developing relationship with you, Lord, during this time. With all those involved in ag, as we face planning and the impact Corona is having on both our crop and our livestock operations, keep our producers safe physically, mentally, and connect to you, Lord. Please help those going through trials right now. Give strength to all of us. Please help guide all relationships to you. Thank you for your ever-present love. For my husband who left me this morning, he decided he didn't want our relationship anymore. Please pray that I get through this. Prayers for strength and guidance and protection for me and my family. It's one week from Mother's Day and I get more anxious and nervous the closer it gets. Please pray for my strained relationship with my abusive mother. It has to be this way for my safety, but I love her with all my heart and wish her peace. To my cousin who is struggling and needs our help, she's a beautiful person and needs to see that in herself and reach out and show her the way. It is there, Lord, please give me the strength to help her. Finally, Father, we pray a happy birthday to Kirk Nelson tomorrow. May the fourth be with you. Gracious God, you are our strength, our hope, and our deliverer from all our trials, our pains, and sufferings. We place our trust in you and only in you. Take away our anxieties, our fears, our doubts, and fill us with your grace, mercy, and love through your son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. As God's people, we are united and connected together, even if we are not in the same building. And God has given us the Holy Spirit to give us faith to believe. And one way in which we express that belief is in the words of the Apostles' Creed. So I'd like for us, wherever we are today, to be able to proclaim this out loud, wherever you are, what we believe in God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So together, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Why did God have to make these promises, and what did he promise? And why should you care? These are the questions we're going to answer as we dive into the very first book of the Bible. Pat the bunny. I can't believe you said that. Good night, moon. Green eggs and ham. I'm not with him. Um, no. Good guesses, though. The very first book of the Bible, Genesis. That was my next guess. Genesis. Clive? I'll be in the car. Did you know that right now, you have free access to a huge variety of great biblically-based videos for kids? What's in the Bible with Buck Denver, Veggie Tales, Boz, Theo, Chuck Swindoll's Paws and Tales, 321 Penguins, Yay Sado, Auto Be Good, Mickey and Me, Adventures in Odyssey, and many others. These videos can be used at home, in the car, or as part of a classroom. It's free, it's easy, and it's streaming, so you can watch it anywhere. Enriching high-quality biblical entertainment for your kids, and no commercials. Right Now Media, kids. Just one more way we hope to support and equip you and your family on your journey of faith. Right Now Media, it's a great resource for all ages. There's a kids channel, but then there's, there's resources for parents, on marriages, for teens. It's really a great resource, and literally there are thousands. I think the last I saw there were over 14,000 video-based Bible studies and kids' channels. It's free um, to everyone at 1C. We pay one subscription no matter how many people access it. So if you have not accessed it yet, I uh, really encourage you to do that. There's also some downloadable guides where you can have discussions with your kids or as a family. 
you can go to our online resources tab on our, Facebook, on our website, onecchurch.com, click on resources, um, and then click on Right Now Media. You can download um, the app for your phone, TV, um, access it wherever you are. It's great. Um, also, speaking of online opportunities, we are having a new disciple launch which is our version of a new member class. So it's an opportunity for us to share with you our history, our mission, our beliefs, and a chance for you um, to prayerfully consider becoming part of the 1C family if you have not done that yet, or if you are and you would just like to, a refresher of what we believe in our mission and vision, love to have you join us for that. We'll be meeting online through Zoom, and uh, you can register online for that class as well. Wonderful. Also want to let you know that this Thursday, May 7th, is the National Day of Prayer. And uh, Christians throughout uh, Columbus area, we're going to be gathering together and we're going to unite together and use this gift of prayer as we line our streets. Uh, so the details of it, I'm not going to give you all of it now. You can look on our website or the connections or weekly happenings. We have it all over. But the detail that you need to know is you can show up to our parking lot this Thursday at 6 o'clock, and then we will uh, give further instructions. Bring a mask, and uh, other than that, we'll give you more of those details. Secondly, we want to make a difference in our community. We're having a food drive, and it's going to take place for about two weeks. So if you have any non-perishable foods, you can either bring them here uh, to the Broken Mug during their hours, or you can make your way to the Columbus Food Pantry um, on 18th Street. So some opportunities for you to make a difference. Last uh, announcement. Uh, we've been prayerfully considering what does this mean uh, when it comes to opening up the church and starting services here. And yes, our governor has said that as of uh, May 4th, churches can start doing their thing with some restrictions. Uh, our leadership team did meet and we prayed and discussed and decided we're going to really go week, week by week. So this next Sunday, we're, we're going to still do online service, but pay very close attention on the Fridays of every week. That's when we're going to get the word out and tell you uh, what we're going to be doing. So just pay very close attention to those instructions. Uh, just in light, again, of, of wanting to be good neighbors and loving our neighbors, uh, this is a decision that we have made. So keep praying, and um, may God, again, be glorified in our online ministry as we are doing that at this time. That's it. We are ready for another song. Anytime our heart turns from darkness to light, anytime temptation comes and someone stands to fight, anytime somebody lifts your soul and not be served, I know
imposters are searching soul And someone says, send me here I go I know, I know, I know, I know Everybody, go in peace. Serve the Lord. When you see the road ahead that you've been.